Hi everyone, it's Brent Adamson, and welcome to the Gartner Sales Podcast, the podcast where I sit down with our best thinkers, researchers, and leaders from across the company to share with you not only the practical tips, but also sometimes the mind-bending insights that you'll need to sell more effectively, especially in a time of deep uncertainty, well, like, like today. And today we are talking to my friend and colleague Shane Jackson, a member of our uh, analyst team. And Shane, today we want to spend some time talking about virtual sales kickoffs, a question that we are getting, a, not surprisingly, a huge number of questions on. So Shane, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brent. It's great to be here. So Shane, this is a topic. So when we think of sort of particularly your deep area of expertise, you have many, but in, and especially around uh, sales enablement and this topic that is near and dear to both of our hearts around sales kickoffs. And especially the question we get now, of course, is what to do with them in this kind of quarantined environment. Um, so why don't we back up and take it a step at a time? So we're going to go through sort of a quick conversation around just what are kickoffs for in the first place, philosophy of kickoffs, some of the principles behind them to make them effective. We'll talk about how to make just any kickoff more effective around sort of different considerations. You've got some great ideas there. And then we'll dive into sort of the virtual side of things. So what makes a virtual uh, sales kickoff in particular different and what are some of the considerations we'll have to think about? And then we'll finally, we'll end on just some uh, some quick hit tips and some best practices we've heard from others. Just some, a lot of creativity going on uh, out there. So Shane, why don't we back up and go to the very beginning? Just sales kickoffs. So make the make the case for me. Why, why does a company? Why does a sales organization? Why do we even need a sales kickoff? These things are expensive. I mean, they're disruptive. They're so um, it's funny. You know, we think about why we do sales kickoffs. Um, you know, it might make sense to think about what's the what's the reaction you get from a seller after they've been to a sales kickoff. So think of you know um, two weeks, three weeks, a month after a sales kickoff. You ask them like, hey, how is your sales kickoff? And again, thinking of like the ones that we do in person, nine times out of 10, they're going to say, and it was a lot of fun. I got to see my colleagues. Uh, I got to see all these you know, people that I work with all the time. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of fun. We had drinks, it was great events, um, some great content as well. And we asked the CSO, is, is that what you, you just spent this money on to have fun? I'm like, no, no, we're trying to inspire these people. We're trying to, to connect them. And we're trying to inform them, give them new information to really tee up the year ahead. So sometimes there's a little bit of a mismatch in terms of why we do these, which is to inspire, inform, and connect, and what the actual result is when you look at it like a month out. Um, so, so I think there's, you know, even with kickoffs, whether they're virtual or they're being done face-to-face, there's a lot of room to grow to improve these things to make them more impactful over time. I think for a lot of sales reps, they kind of just think it as, hey, I get to start my year with a vacation, right? <laughs> we all get in, the, get in the plane, we go somewhere warm. Um, I get to hang out with my friends. I get to come across a stage and get a big Lucite trophy and everyone claps for me. It's pretty awesome. Um, and, you know, it, it, but I'm thinking from a sales rep perspective, when I go virtual, then just about everything that I was excited about, in the I don't get to go somewhere warm. Like it's all gone, right? I, do we still need a, a kickoff in, in this kind of environment? Yeah. So, so the, the great thing about doing these kickoffs virtually is they can be even more impactful than they would be if they were in person. Right? We're, we're, if, when we do a virtual kickoff, we're almost condensing um, the content to think about uh, think about it from the receiver's end, from the, the sales rep's perspective, and think about what is it that they need to be impactful? Um, what is it that we need to do to inspire them? And we're really you know, kind of fine-tuning that process. So I think when we do these events virtually, like most people are doing this coming year, um, they're going to see that this might be a way to go for the long term because they're so impactful. 
That's super interesting. Well, so to get that right, though, so let's back up. And the um, to get that right, we need to think about, again, sort of what makes for a good sales kickoff, irrespective of in-person versus virtual, and, and make sure that we nail down what are the dimensions of, I, I love the way you've broken this down, inspire, inform, connect. Let me start with brass tacks, Shane, just at the very beginning, which is, does it make sense for me as a chief sales officer that my sales reps know that that's why we're doing a kickoff to inspire, inform, and connect? I mean, should I actually use those words with my sales team and tell them we want to inspire you, inform you, and connect you with others? So that that's, it's just, I, I'm thinking like, you know, back in my old teaching days, I used to tell teachers that I trained, like, what you, I'd ask them, what's your goal? And is your goal clear to your your students and it seems to me that this is not uh that dissimilar which is do your sales reps understand what the kickoff is for in the first place seems like probably a good place to start is that right definitely um the, the more you can share with them um about expectations especially again you keep wanting to go to the regular kickoff and that's great and we'll talk about that a lot but i keep my mind keeps jumping forward to the virtual part of it but you know this is a, a change for them um so i think uh, helping them understand the change it can be no surprise if they need to do this virtually. Um, but when they do it virtually, um, like you said, let's make sure they understand why we're doing it and what to get out of it. And then um, when you show them the changes that are coming their way in terms of the kickoff and how it's going to be run differently, and maybe that they have different expectations of the sellers and their participation in the kickoff, um, again, communicating all that upfront makes a ton of sense for sure. And to do that, so you and I were talking the other day about having um, a charter for a kickoff, again, virtual or in person. Um, uh, what is it? What is a charter, and why does one need one, or why should one think of having one? Right. When we do a regular kickoff face to face, a lot of times it's, it's copy and paste. We've always done it this way. So to think about doing a charter for that, nah, it's helpful, but maybe not as critical as it is this year. Um, this year, with with all these kickoffs being done virtually. We need to go back and rethink what we're doing and how we're doing it and why we're doing it. So, you know, we're right now, you know, midpoint in the year, and this is when a lot of the planning starts happening for sales kickoff events. So taking time to uh, step back and say, all right, what are we going to accomplish with this charter? Um, building out um, what the expectations are in terms of um, who we're, who's going to be involved, in terms of who's going to participate, in terms of um, expectations of, of how they're going to participate is really key to define um, the overall goals. So obviously inspire, inform, connect, and then maybe going a level deeper for each of those things. Um, what are going to be the topics that we're going to inform them on? Uh, what are the inspirational parts of, of the kickoff? Um, what parts are going to be included that are um, connecting? How are we going to connect the team uh, through teams uh, using like apps like Teams or Slack? Um, to make kind of longer term changes. Um, but all, on top of that, those are all important to do, the informants for our connect and finding out how we're going to do that. But a big part of what happens at a sales kickoff meeting is you're, you're um, focusing on the culture. So you're focusing on the culture of the sales team, you're focusing on the culture of the business, and you can't lose that when you do this virtually. So, so think about you know what sort of things you can do to um, continue to propagate and um, celebrate the culture of the organization that, that you're bringing together here. Can you give me an example of how I might do that? 
how does one how does one celebrate the it seems to me <laughs> to celebrate the culture you first have to define the culture maybe that's a different podcast for another time which is like how do i even establish a culture in the first place so without going too far afield on that question which is super interesting in itself how would i reinforce the culture that i've established in a in a in a virtual setting that sounds um sounds hard think of the awards ceremony right that's part of it um you know different companies will have uh different um you know awards that are maybe customized for uh, that one company. So instead of just the rookie of the year and the top performer for A, B, and C divisions, um, maybe there's unique awards. So make sure that that happens. Um, and on top of that, you know, capturing the culture can be done through just videos. So, um, you know, having the having certain team members that have done things that have gone above and beyond um, virtually, capture those little videos. Again, everyone has phones now that can capture very high quality video. Um, so leverage some of that to to build the culture out um, and show how it's being exemplified by the team throughout the organization. You can have some fun with this too. I'm thinking as I'm thinking through this, Shane. Like I, again, I I don't know if you want to go too far down the road. But you could have like you could have a, a fun set of awards too. Like you know who had the the best diving catch when the technology went wrong in front of the customer. Who has the funnest uh, green screen behind them or the best background? Who made the best use of logo display or branding? on their on their webinar platform who managed to get the most customer interactions uh uh in and 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 an open dialogue in a in a meeting with the biggest group i I'm, I'm literally just brainstorming right now but one one could imagine that there's a whole set of you know they may not be the you know obviously the the presence club type awards of like most quota attainment or highest level of revenue generated but but there might be sort of a whole bank of just like let's embrace this instead of running away from virtual let's run right at it and talk and just poke a little fun maybe at ourselves in terms of you know what what's gone wrong and who's who's had the <laughs> who's had the the worst possible scenario case of virtual meetings and and uh, I don't know you, this could be a lot of fun actually those are great ideas and another one that I've seen that's really effective is having teams collaborate on a video together. So think of you know uh, each rep having a certain shot or a certain role in a, a video that gets all spliced together. Again, the things that we can do today in 2020 that we couldn't do just a few years ago with video is, is amazing. So so you can you know have a competition, see which team has the best video. In terms of like the bigger um, concepts of, so we talked about a charter. Uh, there's something else that you and I were talking about I thought was really interesting. I'd love for everyone to hear about when again, whether it's a virtual sales kickoff or an in-person sales kickoff, um, you talked a little bit. Uh, you and I talked a little bit about this concept of what you call a mission sheet, and I just thought it was just a really compelling idea. Can you tell us what a mission sheet is uh, in general, and then maybe we can tease out sort of how you might use this in a in a virtual kickoff setting? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, a mission sheet is something that was mentioned in the research note that I wrote about um, high impact uh, sales kickoff events. And the idea is that when we have a sales kickoff event, um, it's perceived by the people as an event, a one-time thing. And it's perceived by the leaders, like I said before, is like kind of, we're inspiring you to make changes and we want you to kind of carry this change with you throughout the year, at least for the first six months, right? So um, I think the big gap is that people don't apply what's being said to their business. And so what the submission sheet does is it helps you take what's being shared as the key takeaways of the forest session, and then thinking for a second, how can I apply that to my business? And what that really means is what's my mission? So now that I've heard um, you know, what the next year's sales plan is gonna be, what is my mission to execute on that sales plan? Or if I'm in a, a product launch session at the sales kickoff 
and when you're talking about all these new products, um, what is my goal? What is my mission to go and um, execute on this? For example, uh, this new product, I know that it's going to be a great a great product for this one customer that has exactly the challenge that was stated in this in this event in this uh, session. So I'm going to go and pitch that to this client on you know next week. So I'll write that down. Write that down as one of my missions. So as they're going through the sales kickoff event, they have a mission sheet for each day that has uh, what the goals are for each of the key sessions, and then what their missions are that um, are theirs to execute. The goals are filled in already for the ones that are like the sessions that everyone's attending. And then if you have like breakout sessions or, or things like that, have the presenters state what the goals are for the session that the writers, uh, sellers can fill in, and then go and uh, you know take the last two or three minutes of each session to give them time to, to write down what the missions are gonna be. So the last step in the process is now you've gone through your sales kickoff event and you have um, missions for each of the key sessions that you attended, and then you share that with the manager. And so now the manager can go through and review this and then as you go through your you know, one-on-ones over the next couple of weeks, he can kind of just inspect it a little bit, just ask you how that's coming along. So it becomes a great way to make sure that um, what's being teed up as goals for the organization, goals for the sellers, becomes missions for them to go and execute. I was simply going to say, Shane, because I, I love that idea, and particularly this last point that you just made uh, around sharing, that one could imagine – um, again, if I were in, you know, Orlando or wherever our sales kickoff is, there might be a big board out in the hallway outside the ballroom where everyone has sticky notes with their missions on it. Or, but you could do that in a virtual way too. I'm just kind of brainstorming here. Like, there might be something very powerful about sharing at least, you know, that which is not confidential. I suppose, which I can't imagine it would be in this case. Like, I my mission is to do this with this account or to, to accomplish that particular goal. To make those missions shareable, which is totally doable in a virtual setting in all sorts of different ways, whether it's particular technology or platforms. Uh, there's a hundred different ways one could do this, but I think that would be a kind of a cool addendum to the mission sheet idea is to that which is shareable to share it, to inspire others, perhaps. What do you think? Exactly. I mean, you know, they're basically putting on paper what their commitment is to go and um, take action on some of these ideas that are being thrown out at, uh, at the kickoff event, right? So to make those public is, is a great way to, to build an in ownership into that model. There's three of these big ideas that are, again, whether it's virtual or in person that, that you um, suggested to me that I think are really important. We talked about the charter and, and the importance of a charter, the idea that your charter's got the goals for the event, the timeline, the race, the expected pitfalls, the expectations. We talked about the mission sheet, which I love this idea. The third of the three is this idea of a kickoff of campaigns. Can you tell us a little bit more what that means? And then we'll, and then we'll dive into some sort of more tactical sides of this. But these big ideas, I think, are so important. Yeah, so um, I, it's funny. I was having this conversation today with a client who's doing a virtual kickoff in July. So they're, uh, you know, pretty much through their planning process. And um, when I talked about, so you know, after kickoff, how are you going to make sure that that what you share with them is going to stick? That you know, they're actually going to be following through on this. And they didn't really have an answer. So they go, well, if you think of your your sales kickoff event as a, a kickoff of campaigns. Um, then that's something you can kind of follow up with, right? So, so the kickoff event is the big stage event, in this case, the big screen event, because it's going to be all on, online. Um, so that's the main kickoff for different campaigns in terms of what our sales plan is going to be, what our um, new sales tools and um, sales measurement factors are going to be in terms of what our new uh, go-to-market strategy might be, right? All these are campaigns. And so if you just kind of leave it at the end of kickoff and say, well, 
that was it. Go do it, guys. Uh, a lot of times it falls short because there's no follow-up. So by thinking now in the planning process, what your follow-up is going to look like and actually putting reminders in your calendar for the people planning these events um, now and saying, all right, so if the kickoff happens in January, let's do a follow-up at the beginning of March as well to update them on what's changed, um, who's done something already that's the best practice we can capture. So when we highlighted all these great things and um, ideas and, and uh, tactics, we have people that can actually go in and have done it already. Let's highlight that and show that you know, we're making progress on this. Um, sometimes the plans we outline at kickoff need to change. So if we kind of revisit, and I'm not saying revisit like with a full another full day meeting, I'm thinking like uh, an all hands call or maybe even regional calls that are an hour or less. And we're just following up on, hey, we talked about, you know, uh, these six things that kick off. We're going to revisit three of them in more detail and give you additional information, update you on progress, update you on things that have changed, and uh, maybe talk about some um, best practices we've, we've learned since. You know, in that sense, it's it's easier to do these things virtually in the sense that, uh, you know, the um, first of all, I've saved all the sometimes millions and millions of dollars of not having to fly everyone to whatever warm place we fly to. So that allows me to take that budget and reallocate it across multiple meetings across the coming year. Um, and, and even then, those multiple meetings are going to be less disruptive, less expensive, uh, uh, and one less expensive. So the uh, so you can begin to think about taking see so a, a big event, a, a sales kickoff, and we'll talk in a minute about how to be parse that up across a you know a couple days, a week, or whatever. But then I can also think of that sales kickoff as almost like not even a kickoff anymore, but just this ongoing event that that spans the entire year, where we have check-ins and checkups and updates, and uh, is, is that. Is that kind of what you're suggesting a little bit as well? Uh, a little bit. I think I think it's very important that the kickoff be an event. So the kickoff should be a defined event that has a start and a finish, and it shouldn't be longer than, say, uh, four-ish, half days if we're doing it virtually. But I think it's a kickoff of campaigns. I think a campaign for um, a go-to-market strategy can last six months. Um, I think a campaign about... Uh, giving better tools and um, driving tool adoption can last six, nine, 12 months for sure, right? So um, the kickoff is the event, and then the uh, the campaigns are the, one, the parts that last beyond that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I like this. So the idea being, we're not kicking off the year, we're kicking off this initiative, which is a subtle but important difference. Like, hey, go get them in 2021. It's rather go get them on this campaign or on this initiative or on this objective uh, which is likely going to have a, a timeline that is close to a year, but but not necessarily completely synchronous with one. So, um, and I, in fact, I've stood on many stages around the world uh, at kickoffs like that, and I always find them to be a little bit more focused and effective because it's not just hey, it's the beginning of the year, so therefore we're having a kickoff, but rather we have a we have a strategic initiative, and therefore we're having a kickoff. Just seems to be going back to your your very first point, which is you know uh, what is we're here to inspire, inform, and connect. It's not so much we're here to inspire, inform, connect around a calendar year. Rather, we're trying to inspire, inform, and connect around a strategic initiative. Is that is that a fair characterization? Yeah, exactly. Um, we're not here because it's January, <laughs> because we have important things to share. We need to be, be to um, align to our goals, and um, we have some important things for you to learn that will help you be successful in the coming year. First of all, so so Sheen, I know you know, but some of our listeners may not know. So we run every two weeks. We run what we call a COVID-19 um, sales enablement forum, where we have probably on any given session, I don't know, about 50 
heads of sales enablement who join us. And we just have an open discussion around um, various challenges we're facing. And a couple of weeks ago, we did that session on, on this topic of virtual sales kickoffs. And the thing that I found so interesting about the conversation we had there, and it was, it's, these things, believe it or not, are very free flowing. They really are conversations. It's hard to wrangle 50 people on a uh, webinar, but we managed to do it somehow. And the, uh, but the thing, Shane, that I found so interesting was People loved them. I mean, by people, I mean the sales enablement executives. Like the, the general thing I took away from that conversation was everyone went into this, those who had done it already, because, you know, depending on fiscal year, not aligning with calendar year, a number of people have already, uh, sales enablement execs, sales organizations have experimented with sales kickoffs already. And just about everyone who had, had the same thing to say, which is, I went into this not expecting much. In fact, I went into this pretty dubious thinking this wasn't going to work. And I came out of it thinking that was Awesome. I mean, it went really well. So there's a lot of um, excitement around this, which, uh, first of all, I just think that alone is worth noting, which is that this doesn't have to be the, the not that I don't think it was, think it was the end of the world. I don't want to overstate it, but you know, people are kind of down on this oh, virtual kickoffs, but but people are really excited about this idea who've done it. Is that is that what you're hearing too? Yeah, when it's done right, it's, it's really effective, right? Um, you know, you're still going to have group sessions with your um, with your team, uh, you're still going to have a lot of information coming your way. I, I mean, you know, most sellers are pretty passionate about what they sell, um, and so you're you're kind of geeking out for a few days about your career, right? What you do on a daily basis, and finding ways to help your customers that you haven't thought of before, and thinking differently. Um, and so, so when we think of of a sales, a virtual sales kickoff. It's great that we can make them um, more impactful than they would be if they're in person. And, you know, there's so many things that are great about doing it virtually. Just one of them that's easy is just the the amount of time you can get with executives and the sellers face to face in terms of small groups is way bigger than it, way better than it would be if it was face to face, right? You can have scheduled drop-ins for breakout sessions with an executive dropping in for a 20-minute segment across every every um, say area or division as needed. Um, as opposed to having to trek from one end of the auditorium to the other end of the auditorium, and then having to mix that with customer meetings as well. Um, so, so you know, there's things like that that make this much more scalable and much more impactful. Talk about some of the um, sort of considerations, things to watch out for, and then let's flip the order and let's talk about sort of other just really creative ideas and best practice. I've got a couple that I've heard, you know, from from companies, and and you were uh, sounds like you had a couple more. So why don't we? Let's just let's tease that out a little bit. So great ideas or just brainstorming ideas on how to make a virtual sales kickoff really effective. You'd mentioned customers, for example, uh, and your, your ability to just bring them in more easily now, I guess. Sure. So, uh, you know, you may splurge and have one or two customers come in because that will give you, you know, two days out of the calendar to, to fly to your, to your location and then get up on stage and share some of their insights with your with your sales team. Um, but why not do that with 10 customers now, right? It's literally, you know, uh, less than an hour of the time, maybe a couple hours if you count the time to prep them and stuff. Um, but that's, you know, exposure to executives, exposure to sellers. Those are all great benefits that you can really expand upon when you do these things virtually. Um, on top of that, you know, instead of just having the standard um, award where the sales rep is recognized, and in this case, it'd probably be like a, a quick, you know, showing of, of the person's face on the screen. Um, why not feature them as as like a, you know, a, the things that they did that make them successful. So if you do some work beforehand, thinking, all right, we're going to award um, eight different sales reps. Let's pick one best practice from each of these sales reps 
that they're going to hone in on and maybe um, have them record something that will be part of the pre-roll or the post-roll when a session begins or ends, right? So you're now capturing a best practice from these sellers. And would you make time for that in a regular face-to-face -face kickoff? Probably not. It'd be walk up on stage, shake hands, smile for a picture, take your award and go back to your, um, your table and finish your dinner, right? So by doing this differently now, um, I think there's a lot more exposure to expertise, executives, customers, and our sellers. Other ideas I've heard is that, you know one thing we've I've heard a lot, which is because normally at least for global companies, these sales kickoffs are global, which is, adds of course to the expense. So um, having a virtual sales kickoff meeting with a global team makes it very very difficult because of time zones. Of course, it's a super practical issue. So one of the things that um, that came up on this call that we did a few weeks ago was that the companies have already gone down this road. They found it to be um, the solution is to break it up, right? So we'll do a, a an Asian, you know, EMEA a region a sales kickoff, virtual sales kickoff. And maybe we'll do a, a, a North America or, or Americas, and then we'll do maybe a, a, a Europe and Middle East as one. So that, but but in doing so, they, they found that what's a little bit more work for on the back end for those who are putting it all together, um, it actually works really really well in terms of just making it feel that much more cohesive, that much more. Um, um, uh, connected because it's it's just here's the sales kickoff for our our team. Um, the um, the the flip side is too that you know uh, just two days ago I was talking to a head of sales and I said but you know then on top of that I can now begin to connect people. It's like uh, other than the global sales kickoff I could never connect my sales rep in Berlin with my sales rep in Brasilia, but now I can because we're doing it all virtually anyway, and now they can talk all the time. So there's a but this breaking things up regionally seems to be um, the solution to the time zone problem uh, for a, on a virtual setting, which which you could do because there's minimal marginal expense in adding it. You know, a second kick, like a, having three kickoffs for regions as with one global one is a little bit more work, but it's actually still a lot less cost, isn't it? It definitely is, and the other benefit is you're making it um, more tuned to that geo, right? So, uh, so as opposed to, you know, I think there are certain aspects too that you may want to have a copy and paste and you know, there's technology. So does everything need to be um, viewed at the same time or should we do some things asynchronously? And so maybe there are some components where it's like, hey, it's the company update and the CEO's on stage. And so we'll all watch that same content. But then from a, a sales perspective, um, why not have that uh, part of the meeting regionalized? Um, and then again, go through and do some breakout sessions that are also regionalized um, to, to really um, a accommodate the time zones, but b accommodate the different markets. And so, one thinks about how do I connect in this particular virtual environment? I've heard all sorts of creative ideas around. Let's all so we're going to send you a a gift certificate to your favorite food delivery company, for example, uh, and uh, we'll all agree to get food delivered at the exact same time. We'll all get on. Uh, you know, the webinar platform of choice and we'll break bread together. We'll have, we'll actually share a meal. We'll just do it virtually or we'll open a glass of wine together or a glass of your favorite drink, whatever it might be. Um, just, I think there's no end of creativity here. I'm not suggesting that is right or wrong per se, although I do like the idea. I just love the creativity involved of people saying, you know what, lemonade out of lemons, let's figure out how to make this particular format work. And it may look totally different than a, ver a real kickoff, but let's, let's figure out ways to leverage the virtual aspect to our advantage, which is everyone can be, you know, in their own, uh, their own homes, eating whatever food they choose, uh, which we've, you know, maybe paid for or sent a gift certificate for, I don't know. Uh, and, 
and we all raise a glass together. There's not, there's no reason why you couldn't still do that in this environment. And people have done this. It's that um, it's actually works really well. Sure. Um, another thing that, that's been fun to hear about is uh, the idea of synchronized shipping, right? So everyone, you know, we, a lot of times you come back from kickoff with certain swag, whether it's a sweatshirt or um, hopefully not another coffee mug, but you know, something that that's a cool little um, tchotchke and want to have them all open that together, right? So um, we're going to take time. It's built in the schedule. Um, you also received a package, open it on this day. And there could be some materials in there that are, you know, worth learning. Um, maybe there's a, if you're doing like a contest, like a scavenger hunt, maybe the paper part of the scavenger hunt is in that box as well. Um, so you can kind of think about ways to have fun creatively um, leveraging synchronized shipping or if you, if you want. Yeah, right? absolutely. I, I love that. You know, the one I heard the other day too was, um, uh, was there were uh, it was an organization that sent out uh, envelopes. So every every participant got like I don't know what it was. It's like five envelopes, one for each day or something like that. And in the envelopes could have been either you know the theme of the day or a you know uh, a celebration, an award. Uh, you can imagine all sorts of different things that you put in the in the envelope. But the it seems it's similar to your point about the tchotchkes. Is it at the on the same times like okay, let's all open our envelope together. So again, there's there's ways to create this common bond even over a virtual platform, um, which I think I, I think we're only just at the tip of the iceberg in finding just fun, cool ways to to leverage this platform in ways that frankly were just not there aren't possible in um, in, in a real in in person setting. The, the other part that's um, cool is when you do the, like, like you mentioned, um, you know, the person in Brasilia that connects to the person in Berlin just, you know, once a year. Um, when we have these breakout sessions and you kind of group people together in a birds of a feather session where they all have a, a similar um, shared interest, you can make use of the technology today to, to connect them for that one meeting for sure, but then also for the long term, right? Why not make a Slack channel for uh, those people to continue to communicate and you know carry those discussions that came up and, and those best practices that they discovered um, carry those forward over the long term through through certain communication channels with uh, Slack or Teams um, find find the right technology to carry that those those conversations forward over the long run and then also when when you have a question and you need to go back to your group of experts you don't need to wait for the next meeting not that you would really wait for a meeting but you now have a place to go a place to congregate. Um, that came out of this this uh, virtual sales kickoff because that, that's, a ch that's a channel that lasts forever. 100%. Okay, so let's take the last five minutes or so and just talk about some of the considerations. We, you know, there's, there's and you, I've got a list, I think, of four or five that you suggested to me, which I think are important. So let's maybe just tick them off one at a time, but they're all important. And, and I, some of these kind of go without saying, but but they need to be said, right? So the first technology yeah. around have a backup plan. Tell me a little bit more about sort of your recommendations on technology and how and backup plans. Sure, um, Brent, you present a lot more than I do, I'm sure, but uh, can you imagine, you know, you have three, 400 people watching you present and then your computer dies or power outage, what do you do then? Um, so, so just thinking through those what if scenarios is really, really critical as technology comes to the forefront of these events. Um, so there's a couple of ways to get around that. Um, one is make sure that more than one person has the deck that you're presenting from. Um, two, if you have a script, make sure that someone could fill in for you again. If, if, uh, if your computer uh, cuts out, um, you know, find, have some ways to troubleshoot. Um, but another easy hack for this is just when you're doing your dry run, hit the record button 
it's easy. We're all going to be doing dry runs. Hit the record button and then have those videos already uploaded. So in case there is some sort of catastrophic event that um, you know prevents you from continuing a presentation for uh, that one session when you're mid-session, you can point people to the video and say, hey, we're about seven minutes in, start here, and then they can go in and watch the video from, from that perspective. Right? So that's one way to kind of get around that that fear of failure um, from a technology perspective. I like it. I, I also like the fact that the quote unquote catastrophic event could be like your two kids watching YouTube videos in the other room. <laughs> it's a, you just never know, right? So maybe it's like until, particularly until we all figure out the proclivities of technology and especially in our own homes with our own Wi-Fi and our own internet, then then you know, multiplied by 300 to your point. Um, it's good to have these backup plans and a backup plan to a backup plan. And, um, and I love the idea of the dry run, the, the dress rehearsal in the can, ready to go. Someone else can hit play. Someone else. And it's like, I have an understudy and that person isn't like conceptually ready to go. They're actually ready to go. They've got the slides. They've got the script uh, uh, if, if we're in a live format. But one thing else you mentioned, which is um, one of the other ways to mitigate for that risk and some to consider is the fact that not everything has to be live. Not everything even has to be synchronous, right? So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, so if you think about, you know, what the standard session would look like at a sales kickoff event that's face-to-face, -face, it's, you know, 40, 30 to 45 to, to 60 minute presentations. Um, you, you know, you're uh, stuck with your friends for an hour and a half, two hours before there's a break. Um, to avoid listener fatigue, we really need to think about what we can do to shrink that content down and make it more condensed. Um, so, so to make sure that the, the more complicated topics that we're gonna cover are in the right format. So think about, do we need to do this all together online, live, synchronously? Can we, do we have to all watch it together? Or are the things that may be better served up as e-learning beforehand, and then we're discussing it together um, in, a, in a smaller session, right? Or if it's like the uh, end of year results, maybe we, we watch that summary of it or read the summary of it, and then instead of watching someone just give the recap, we have the sales leader and the CEO um, just kind of having a candid conversation based on, on questions that were submitted from the team after they read the results. So I think it's, it just it makes sense to rethink the format of a lot of the content that we're delivering. Um, we can also do things uh, where they're watching a recorded session, but then there's a live moderator. So there's a, and then going through and having a chat conversation to um, figure out you know more about what's going on and, and having conversations that way. The other thing that's, that's great is making sure that you have a, a moderator for the person presenting. So the person's going to keep presenting, and then the moderator can kind of handle Q&A as it's going on. And then if a, if a detour is required because of some of the questions, then the moderator can kind of uh, let the chime in and, and let the presenter know, hey, hang on for a second. Um, let's address this that came up in chat. Uh, you know, actually, it's a great idea, Shane, because that's actually something we found to be very effective as well to have a, you know, a facilitator, a moderator for the meeting, because what that begins to do, and I think this is actually really exciting. It's, it, it, and again, it speaks to the, the advantages or the possibilities of a virtual setting is you can now start thinking about your meeting as a multi-channel experience. So it's not just I'm in a room watching someone on a stage. But, you know, I'm in a virtual setting. I can watch slides. I can listen to someone talk. I can talk in a chat. You know, we often talk about we don't want our people multi-purposed or multitasking, I should say. But actually, if, if all of those different tasks are somehow, or at least some of those multi those tasks are all associated with the thing at hand, you know, actually, it's kind of cool. It's like it's I, I can engage in this this meeting through a chat box while listening to a presentation, while talking to someone on Slack uh, and, and getting my questions answered in a Q&A discussion forum all simultaneously 
and I think it actually kind of works. It, it seems to be working for us. I, there's no question we'll get better at it. We'll learn more. But I just I find that super um, super interesting, and it, and it speaks to your last point, which is listener fatigue. How do I just keep people from tuning out? Uh, because let's face it, that's easy to do when you're home and no one can see you theoretically. So tell me a little bit more about listener fatigue. You have some ideas there on how to manage that. One of them is, is definitely minimize the sit and listen sessions. So keeping them um, keeping them engaged, having more breakout meetings. Um, you know, the more you can do to having have the more you can do to have the sellers apply what they're learning and think through what they're learning, the more permanent the results are going to be. Um, but also it comes down to format. So like I said before, the idea of an hour long presentation virtually is not going to fly. So while your meeting may be longer in terms of being four days, four half days might be more feasible for a, uh, a virtual sales kickoff event. But on top of that, you need to think about your session. So no more than uh, say 20 minutes for a readout of a presentation. Um, if you're going to have a, an interactive presentation or um, breakout sessions where they're discussing, then they can be longer. But a, a simple, you know, pre present, uh, presenting only is going to be um, shorter. So like no more than 20 minutes. And then your sessions, you need to build in breaks, but the breaks can be shorter. So instead of having like a, a half hour break allocated for one in the morning or one in the afternoon, you need to do, uh, you can do shorter breaks because it's just, you know, 10 minutes. There's no having to wait for people to file out of the auditorium and file back in. Um, but again, you miss some of the opportunity with uh, networking. So maybe we do have one longer break and it's, uh, you know, people go to virtual rooms to kind of hang out for half an hour and connect with their colleagues. And it could be uh, completely non-work related topics. They could be, you know, binge watching stuff. Who's, you know, what have you been binge watching or getting ideas for what to binge watch next? Um, could be a sports conversation. Um, so just different breakout rooms that people can go to and just hang out as part of the kickoff event in, in an effort of, of networking better. You know, Shane, if I put it all together and I, I just kind of think about sort of, I'm pretty bullish on this. Right? I mean, it just sounds like, you know, I mean, the one thing I don't have is the beach, but let's face it, at most sales kickoff meetings, we're so busy. These things are intense, you know, three, four days. I've done many, many, many of them. And, um, and they're intense. It's not like you get a lot of time. You get the one, you know, group dinner sitting on the beach and everyone's wearing their Bermuda shorts and their, their Hawaiian shirt. Uh, but but you're still talking shop. And so, you know, I mean, dude, don't get me wrong. I love going to warm places with beaches. But on balance, I think with all the different, you know, first of all, the fact that we can't travel now, so it's kind of off the table anyway. But let's not look at this as like, well, we have to do a virtual sales kickoff because we have to. I see this more, the more we talk about it, the more I see this as an opportunity to something to get excited about. And I think over time, it's going to be really interesting to see whether or not companies may choose to use this format, um, I don't know about exclusively, but uh, significantly uh, long-term, even when we are back to um, uh, days when we can travel as teams. Because I think there's just a lot of, um, there's a lot of advantage here and a lot of creativity that is yet to be tapped uh, in terms of making things uh, even, these things even even better. I'm, I'm optimistic. Where are you? Are you optimistic on this? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, a lot of people that are as engaged, if not more engaged in these events. Um, and I think also once people see how successful they are, they're going to think about, well, do we, should we do this just once a year? Or why not do it mid-year as well? So maybe it's one, you know, in January, February is a longer four day, four half day meetings. Or, and then in um, July, we do like a two half day meetings, right? So we're doing these, um, these more frequently because they're manageable. It's not as much time out of the field. And uh, we see a huge impact in terms of, of, 
putting things in front of the sellers that they can then execute on for the coming months because it's it's sticking better. Awesome. It's going to be so interesting to see how this plays out. For now, though, why don't we wrap it up there, Shane? But so you have written, of course, you write extensively on many, many topics, uh, sales enablement, just sales related in general. There's a number of what we call notes or, or white papers or research, a number of research documents written on this particular topic. So we'll make sure that those are linked uh, as to the, uh, to the podcast. So for those who want to dig into both uh, your work on uh, sales kickoffs in general and virtual sales kickoffs, that well, the virtual one is, is forthcoming, should be out uh, very soon. And uh, Shane, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your thoughts on virtual kickoffs. I, I, I look at this as a, it's kind of an exciting time. I mean, it's frustrating. We're all just stuck home and that there's a downside to this, no question, but there is a silver lining. Uh, and I appreciate you sharing that with us today. It's been great, Brent. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. Cheers. Thanks so much. And for all of you listening, please, 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 as always, take care of yourself, take care of each other and stay safe out there, everyone. Cheers, everyone. And we will uh, we'll talk again soon.